It's Thursday, so you're probably thinking energy, but no, you're wrong. Don't worry, folks, though, you're in the right place, because this is where the money is. I'm Allison Southwick, and normally, being Thursday, we would talk about energy, but instead, today, I've got Simon Erickson. He's our resident 3D printing expert, and he's going to give us an update on the industry. Where are we now? Where are we going tomorrow? And where are we going tomorrow, tomorrow, beyond, even beyond tomorrow. The future. The future. And we're also going to talk about some stocks and how investors should approach 3D printing industry. So, how are you doing lately, Simon? Great, Allison. Thanks for having me on the program It's today. great to have you. I don't Have you done Where the Money Is before? We have, yes. A lot of times for healthcare, actually. I did not know that you also cover healthcare. A little bit of everything in Rule Breakers. Oh, oh right. Rule Breakers, sure. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's get started and talk about where are we today with 3D printing, um, particularly the big guys. Let's talk about like X1, Stratasys, um, 3D systems. Where are these guys right now in their strategy? Yeah, so 3D 3D printing has has come so far. It used to be really a um, you know focused on industrial applications stuff like that. But the thing that seems to be the uh, the color of the day right now is production service centers. And this is kind of like the Kinko's model, where you can actually you know do a small quick job for a, for a, for a small company that's coming in to do work with this. And X1 has really brought this a long way. You know, these guys are, are kind of famous. They built um, eight production service centers around the globe. They put them right next to industrial customers, and they say, hey, if you need a small part or you need a prototype or something like that, here it is for you. It's a very large build box. It's a very fast build speed, stuff like that. So if everyone's going after these production service this, these production service production service centers, I can't even say it. Um, <laughs> how are they kind of differentiating themselves? They are, you know, a, a lot more of it now is is kind of even more small business facing. It's not just so much industrial with the big box. Uh, one example of that we saw was earlier this year was with Stratasys, and they always had the the red eye service centers before, and they made a couple acquisitions. You know, they had Harvest uh, Harvest Technologies and Solid Concepts, which is even to expand that footprint even further. So. It's interesting to see all of the big guys really focus more on getting the brand of 3D printing out there, start doing smaller jobs and build some awareness with some smaller customers. So rather than promoting themselves personally, it's more about raising the status of 3D printing in general? Is that, is that what you're saying? I think it shows that the, the technology is catching on. It's not just, you know, you've got a GE plant that wants to 3D print something anymore. This is now for smaller businesses that are saying, you know, I could probably come into one of these Kinko-like stores, 3D print something up really quickly, and a lot of times they end up becoming customers of the machines themselves. So the model's working well, and everybody's really interested in that right now, today. All right, so right now, that's today. Yeah. What's, ne what's next for 3D printing? The interesting thing I'm keeping an eye on, Allison, is the consumer market. This is something that always seems like it's far out in the future. You know, When are we going to have 3D printers in our homes? And I actually think it's happening a lot faster than I expected it to. Yeah, I am so skeptical of this. Like we we had um, the Motley Fool bought a couple little yep. little 3D printers, and we all got together around it. We were so excited to see it go, and it just was like it was like watching paint dry. It was painful. <laughs> like like to talk about something that that we, you know was supposed to make us excited about 3D printing. For me personally, it kind of did the opposite, where I was like, this is this is not something I want to be a part of. It, it is interesting to see this catching on. I agree we're not there today, and that's why we're calling this the tomorrow segment. But um, one poll did a, a survey of Americans, 1,000 Americans they surveyed. And uh, one out of three of the survey respondents said they would be interested in purchasing a 3D printer for their home within the next year, which strikes me as a very high percentage, I thought, that there's actually this much understanding of what 3D printing actually can even do. Yeah, you, you'd sent me those numbers ahead of time, and when I saw that, at first I was like, okay, well this survey was 
paid for by a 3D printing company. So, okay, fine. All right, yeah. we'll, we'll set that aside. Um, and then I was thinking, well, one in three households are interested in owning a 3D printer. And I was like, well, if someone were to ask me, would you be interested in owning a 3D printer? I'd be like, yeah, I guess so. Like, you know, I've, I'm not like wildly excited about it. So I imagine some people would be like, if you, if you could 3D print something at home, if you didn't have to go to the store and you could just print it yourself, wouldn't you want that? I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, I want that, I guess. Yeah. Um, but for you, what you thought was so exciting about these numbers was that anyone, these people are, even know what 3D printing is. Yeah, and, and like you said, the most common reasons for why they would actually buy a 3D printer, like you said, buy stuff around the home that I don't have to go through the store for. Fix things around the house. Imagine something breaks, you can 3D print it right there. And then the two that I thought were kind of interesting too is customized jewelry. Mm. Uh, 3D printing is entering the fashion community quite uh, by storm right now. And personalized gifts. A lot of responses said, you know, hey, for something like a wedding or something like that, I can really quickly customize and personalize something with a 3D printer. So this still, this still has a long way to go though, because we're talking about like, okay, I'm gonna fix something around my house, I could 3D print a piece of it. Okay, it's not as easy as that. It's like, I gotta go set up my 3D printer, I gotta get in a program and design the piece I need, or you know, it's just, it's not, it's not that easy, right? And I think that's the name of the game for the consumer market. You have to have ease of use if you want to crack this. One, it's got to be at a price point that consumers can afford, but you don't expect somebody at their home to be designing some 3D printed model for the next two days. They want it quick and immediate so you can print this out. And that's one of the reasons that, that I'll drop the name of Stratasys in this space that I think is really making um, some, some good progress. Uh, when they acquired MakerBot, they also acquired Thingiverse.com which is a website where you can actually go and download designs and 3D print them from your, your MakerBot machine at home. they got 100,000 different designs right now. This includes everything from Halloween costumes to iPhone accessories to about just about anything else you can think of out there. But it's very easy, it's very user-friendly, and this pushes not only the machine sales, but also the recurring material volumes, so Right, because it, it is a bit of a, a razor blade model we're talking about exactly. here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. where the, the actual you buy you buy the the box that does the printing, but then it's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks every time you need a new spool of whatever the material is. Just like two D printing that you would have for your regular printer, the That's same true. same concept. You know, you go back, you buy the same thing every time, becomes a, a, a hobby. You're like, ah, I gotta buy another cartridge. Exactly. It's an arm and a leg, <laughs> right? All right, so that's kind of the next step consumer in home having your 3D printer. I'm still skeptical, but I appreciate you trying Fair to con convince me otherwise. Um, let's talk about the, the much more farther in the future. Where could 3D printing go and, and blow my mind here, Simon? Make Al me a believer. Allison, if you're skeptical of the consumer market, this is really the far out there, blow your mind, future story for 3D printing. It's in healthcare. You know, there's so many applications in healthcare that are just asking for a 3D printed solution. Um, already today, you've got companies like, like Arcan, a Swedish-based 3D printer, that is printing medical implants for if you've busted your hip or, or you know, damage to your skull, you can use very high-grade titanium as an implant for stuff like that. But there's also another company out there that we've kind of got an interest in looking at right now called Organovo. And this is actually 3D printing, 3D bioprinting, I should say, human organs. Which is, which is bananas. That it is pretty is. crazy. The, uh, the company right now is focusing on, on creating functional human tissues, mostly for toxicity testing. So when companies are coming out with a new drug, they need to see how is this going to affect people. Mm -hmm. And rather than do animal testing and you know, the, other, the other process that they go through, 
um, Organo has given them an option to actually 3D print a tissue, see how that would respond in the human body. And it makes the process a lot easier and a lot less expensive for them too. So does this, like this is me just being like, but in the future, would they 3D print a new liver for me or a new kidney? I mean, is that where people are thinking this is going to go? Or they're just going to completely manufacture organs and stick them inside you? So first test, <laughs> very, I mean, first test is going to gonna be... Is pharmaceutical is the first step. They're going to partner with companies. They're already working with Pfizer and J&J, &J, uh, which is the testing route. The longer term is, could there actually be engineered tissues or organs at some point so that if you have a disease or damage, you could actually go into the hospital and have something like that 3D printed? This isn't going to happen tomorrow or next week, but it is something to keep an eye on as this technology matures. All right. Well, before we get to your advice for investors and maybe a few stocks that you like, I want to remind our viewers and listeners that we do have a special offer going on right now for you guys. Um, as you know, we're here to educate and help the world invest better, such as through this show. We also do it through Motley Fool Stock Advisor. It's our flagship investing service run by David and Tom Gardner, Motley Fool co-founders. And over the past 12 years, their recommendations and Stock Advisor have more than tripled the market's Ooh. return. Wow. <laughs> Surprise. Sign you didn't know up. that? You're like, wow, we're pretty good at this. Uh, we're not too bad at this investing stuff. So if you would like to learn more about our special offer for Where the Money Is, listeners, just text WTMI to 38470. That's WTMI to 38470, and we'll send you a special offer in return. All right, moving on. What's your advice for investors here? The interesting thing about 3D printing right now is it's growing so quickly. You can't ignore this and say, oh, it's, it's a pipe dream that's not going to get there. You're starting to see companies apply this. And there are definitely companies in the 3D printing space that we're looking at right now that are focused on developing those new applications. What I mean by that, Thingiverse, 100,000 people, you know, they're uploading their own designs. All of a sudden, you got 100,000 designs you can download and stuff like that. That's getting people in large masses interested in these, in these companies. That's one side of it, is getting the mass market. The other side of it is getting really the high-end specialty market. So there's a couple companies that, that you know, we're looking at in the space. Um, X1 and Stratasys are both rule breakers recommendations with their active recs on our, on our scorecard. You know, RCAM, we mentioned them. I think they're at the very high end of the niche of the market. And then you know, we just encourage investors to not back the truck up on anything right now, but you take a long-term approach and see how this develops. There's a lot of growth in the 3D printing industry, I think. Yeah, so there are there are a few of the big players, like we've talked about, X1 Stratasys, um, 3D Systems, but then there's got to be a ton of little guys here that are just not going to make it. So is your, are, you, are you thinking at this point, um, do I spread my risk around and maybe buy a few that I like? Or are you saying completely, you know what, just hold off, sit on the sidelines, and let's see how this shakes out a little bit? Because there are going to be a lot of losers. There is. Um, a lot of the public companies, I think it's, it would be okay to put a basket. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend if you're going to get into 3D printing, put all of your money into X company or anything like that. But I think that if, one thing we do is we monitor the progress of these companies. We have a five and three is what we call it, which is five green flags, five or three red flags, that over time you can start seeing what's going to shake out and what companies are getting stronger and which ones are getting weaker. So I think a basket approach, like you said, Allison, is a, is a good way to approach this space. And 
And if you're still a little skeptical like I am, sorry, you've done a very good job. Um, you can just completely sit on the sidelines like I'm going to do. Which is totally fine as well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad that's totally fine. You know, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm a buy what you know person and I feel like this is something that I maybe am just, I'm never going to want to become an expert on, but that's why we have you. Fair enough. I'll be glad to talk about 3D printing with you anytime. I love it. Great. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. If you have any questions for us or for Simon about 3D printing, you can email us at WTMI at fool.com. And don't forget about our special offer, texting WTMI to 38. 470. I had to cheat and look on the screen to make sure I got the number right. That's 38470. For Simon Erickson, I'm Allison Southwick. Thanks for watching.